Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Greg and Kaiko with the last word. That's going, Kaiko. It's going all right. Going all right. Yeah. 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 Slip. Huh? Go, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. By all means, you blame blame Greg for the little hiatus we had here. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I feel terrible about it. Yeah. I really do, actually. Yeah, he really does. I really do. He does. Life life uh, has a way of getting in the way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Busy man. Yeah. For I mean, it's good to be busy. Mm. It is good to be busy. Baseball's back for the kids. That's good. Yeah. My kid had a baseball tournament. Good. They're okay. Well, I mean, it's it's open. I was listening to the radio on my way home. And, uh, depending on what state you are, baseball's back. Yeah. I mean, California, I'm pretty sure they're not playing. I don't think they're going to get to play. They're so. not going to do, do, do anything. Well, they canceled the Little League World Series already. I still think mm-hmm. they could have had that nationally only and not invited the other countries. That's just my opinion. I don't keep it to America. Well, I'm I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying, like, no, it, it's a it's a pandemic globally. Hey. Like, just keep it within like that. This will just be one of those years where only I mean, it's, it's unfair it. anyway. Korea's been playing baseball for how many how long now? It's an unfair advantage anyhow. I mean, that would have been kind of weird for Korea to be seasoned. But anyway, hmm. I mean, that's not the point. The point is, if they really wanted to do it, I feel like there was a window to do it. And I mean, I, felt, I also felt like they called it too early, personally. Not so. Like everything else. Yeah. I like did. everything else. Yeah. Anyway. America. Anyway. I digress. Land of the free. So last episode, we were diving into the last uh, the last dance with the Chicago Bulls. I almost said the last word with Chicago Bulls. Mm. Um, well, it kind of was. And it was kind of, we were up on the last couple episodes leading up to the 1998 season. And, you know, Jordan's iconic uh, last shot against Byron Russell. Everything that led up to that moment, um, Kiker, what what are your overall thoughts of the documentary? How'd you feel about the way it wrapped up? Um, go ahead and tell me what you think, man. Well, we talked about this. We have privately. Yeah. You know, after talking about it and really thinking about it, I don't know if you can really call this a docu series because in a documentary. It's everything, good and bad. And they didn't cover everything bad with Michael Jordan. But nobody should be surprised by that. The only reason this happened was because Jordan gave the okay. No one would have ever seen this footage until, I mean, until after he died. And then maybe he had it in his will that they were just supposed to destroy this stuff. This whole thing... As great as it was, I loved it and enjoyed it. I did. Because it was, it was something needed, at the, especially now, yeah. with no sports coming on. And it's a great trip down memory lane. Yeah. But this is For us all, pers- <laughs> it's all swayed in Michael Jordan's favor. And everyone's going to say, well, the gambling. If Jordan thought that gambling, he had an issue, they wouldn't have covered it. But it was never a big deal. Because now he, he was with some some uh, uh, questionable characters, but you know it's not like he was ever in. And they said he had trouble. You know he wouldn't repay all of his gambling debts, but it's not that he couldn't afford to do it. Yeah, he just didn't do it. Yeah, so that's a big difference there. If he had a gambling problem, then you know we're talking. Repo, getting crap out of Hawk, all that kind of stuff. Michael Jordan ain't never had that problem. 
Yeah. Ever since been in the NBA, never had that problem. Yeah. So I don't think that's a big deal. I don't. I don't think it's a it, big deal, and I also don't think it's a big enough deal to him no. that he would think of it as something that tarnishes his legacy. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like you said, that's why he allowed it in there. Same mm-hmm. thing with the the funny thing was, I was surprised he let the Republicans buy sneakers two part in there because that is something that tarnishes his legacy, and that's something that he didn't <laughs> like. I think honestly, the only reason that was in there was because of arrogance. Like I think he was so arrogant in the fact that he could say, "Well, I never did that." Like you know, I, I, I and then I, I cut him a check later. Like I think he honestly thought he was going to defend that. And he, and still, I, it still sounded terrible. Obviously, he's he's not a politician. He wasn't gonna speak out of school on that. Um, man, he, you know he he was a basketball player. He said, and I and I am glad he stuck with his guns on that and not cowered back from. Well, now you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm not glad he, about that. Well, I mean, it is what it is. He talked about Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was an activist yeah. and a boxer. That wasn't Jordan's deal. Did he make uh, campaign uh, contributions? Yes, he did. His, his See, manager but that, but come out and said he, that he did. He just wasn't going to stick his nose in it. Yeah, but but here's the deal about that, man. Like, As a black public figure, and Jordan is arguably like right with Ali... And probably above Ali, honestly, as far as global icon goes. Like, I mean, I was reading an article that came out after this where it was, you know, Jordan and his team, and this was from the mid-90s. And it was, um, they had a list of the, they, they were reading. Like, him and his security team, the people he hung out with, were reading a list of most famous people in the world, right? And the top three was the Pope, <laughs> Princess Diana, and Michael Jordan. And then he said they were all together the night they found out that Princess Di had died. And they said they turned, one of them turned to Jordan and said, you are literally number two from being the most famous person in the world. Like, so it, it's, I understand like that some people don't like to have politics mixed with sports. But at the same time, like when you have that kind of influence that you can stand for something you should and if kids are in chicago shooting each other over sneakers that's a problem like and and if that's where you you know lay your claim to for being home that that's that's something you need to at least speak out about like jordan just takes the takes the bills and stays quiet like that that's not right like that's a corporate shrill like it's 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 just somebody who's like it's it's hollow and that's what I was about to say about this whole thing. Like, the whole documentary, at first, you know, first three or four episodes I really enjoyed. I thought they were really good. Like, you know, you get you get the background on Jordan. You found out, you know, some North Carolina stuff. I, like, I had never heard Roy Williams really talk about him in depth. So that was pretty cool. Um, I forgot about, I, I honestly did not remember Scottie Pippen, like, asking for a trade in the middle of the season. I didn't remember that at all. Um, I found out some stuff I didn't know, like Dennis Rodman leaving in the middle of the season. Nobody, I, I had no idea about that. Um, you know, so that some of that stuff is it was really entertaining and really fascinating and eye opening. But at the end of the day, like overall, like seriously, it was. I mean, it wasn't really a documentary. It was a love letter from Michael Jordan to Michael Jordan. Like 
of his bygone era. And I, I guess so that's what I walked away from it. And if we're talking about the footage, like how much footage did we really get to see that made it worth it for them not to like actually cover everything? Like at a certain point, I'd rather you just cover everything, lose a little bit, the little bit of footage they show because they didn't show a ton. Like, I mean, there was just bits and pieces here and there. It was really more of the recap of all the series. Like, I didn't I didn't feel like I walked away like, man, you know, there was so much footage like from 98 that I had never, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I gained a lot from that. So if that was the truth. I wish there had been more practice footage. Well, more practice or even just more hanging out footage. Like, mm-hmm. I, did, I just didn't feel like you walked away like, you know, with this treasure trove of footage, like they were acting like they had, like hundreds of hours of footage. Well, well, I mean, the thing is, is you know, a bunch of that stuff hanging out would have been Jordan in his hotel room. I don't think that'd have been very interesting. I don't know, man. I I just feel like what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. what they for what they showed to lose control, like to not have control of it, mm. then it it wasn't to me. It wasn't worth it, and I felt like Jordan being able to totally shape the narrative of how it's written and how it comes out it, it ruined it like and i'm a i mean I, I i still walked away with the same opinion i had before michael jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time so i think lebron is pretty close we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna play a little game okay we're gonna go th- we'll go through names or whether we think more or the less or okay the same well i love you I'll, we'll get to that yeah. i i so i mean i just don't want you to start rambling no i understand people. i didn't i just i still think he's you know, he's still arguably, to me, still the GOAT. But I guess my point is, is for, for all the control they gave up, I didn't feel like, you know, it was worth it. And and the part that really pissed me off the most, like, as a person who watches documentaries all the time, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm a nerd that way. Like, I love historical documentaries. I, I watch them in my free time. I like, like, it's, I like it's, a good documentary. I mean, seriously, yeah. it's not that big. Like, I mean, I'm watching the Lance Armstrong one now. We'll probably end up having to talk about that because it's insane. But... Excuse me. Um, so for him to, the way the documentary ends, like people who watch documentaries know the way that they're supposed to end. They're supposed to end with a recap of all the major characters that they talk to. Like, oh, Phil Jackson went on to win five more championships with the Los Angeles Lakers and, and is now considered the greatest coach, you know, arguably the greatest coach of all time right after Red Auerbach or right next to him. Steve Kerr went on to win two more championships with the San Antonio Spurs and then won three as a coach. Like, these are major milestones that, in my opinion, only give more credit to the Bulls and Jordan and Phil and everything that the legacy is of the team. And I and, and, and the I felt like the only reason those things weren't talked about was because Jordan doesn't have a great, like, post-career. He has a bunch of money. Jordan's, I mean, he still makes $200 million on Jordan's a year. So he, he has money. He's still successful. He's an NBA owner. But as an owner, his team has only been to the playoffs like twice. Like, and they're not, they've never been good. Charles Barkley called him out, said, You got too many yes men around you. And now Jordan doesn't talk to Charles. (laughs) And I I mean, but that's my point. Like, so it seems like he's, he's in this, you know, uber ego. I was the greatest player, like living on the glory, puts out this documentary. So we all re worship him. And, I, that's not what I. That's not what I walked away doing. Like I walked away like that dude, and like just I, I walked away more annoyed. Did you you saw you seen the Will Bond interview with him, right? I don't think it was. I think it was uh, some years back. He asked Jordan. He's like, "What do you think of 
uh, when people call you the greatest of all time. He's like, it's not fair to compare errors, and I kind of, yeah. I kind of, what was it? Uh, yeah, he's like quiver yeah. when someone says that. I think that's being a good soldier. I don't think I buy that. I don't think <laughs> I buy that either. I don't buy that. Like, no. It's not coincidental that he decided to do this documentary. He started it in 16, right after LeBron won with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. So LeBron at that point had three titles. The, the, the talk of him getting on Jordan's heels started getting serious at that point. And so it's, it's no surprise that he decided to do it. I mean, it wasn't bad, man. It's not the worst documentary I've ever watched. It's not a documentary. I just didn't think that it was. It should be called a documentary, and I also just didn't think that the way it ended, to me, the last few episodes is mainly just Jordan talking about how great he was. And, you know, little input from other people. You know, stuff like that. Just I just, you know, there was a lot of non-buy-in from other Bulls players. Like, when you read around, you know, Luke Longley didn't want to do it. Of course, Grant did it, but he's pissed uh, because so because Jordan called him a snitch. I mean, he gets on there and calls Pippen selfish, which pissed me off because I'm like, Jordan, you're making thirty six million dollars a year and an extra hundred and fifty million in that time, mm-hmm. that time of money on Jordan's. You couldn't have thrown a little money Scotty's way to keep the dynasty going. And the funny thing is, is Jordan was still underpaid. I mean, he was, but my point is, is if he really wanted, he could have even gotten Scotty. Hey. Hey, we're going to give you a brand, like an off-brand of Nike. Uh, let's, let's try to do that, man. Let's keep mm. the team together, Scotty. Seriously. That's all, I mean, <laughs> Scotty wasn't asking that much. So, I mean, that that's just what I'm saying, man. I walked away with, you know, Jordan as the player was already cemented in my spot. I was old enough to watch him. But Jordan, the person, I somehow found a way to be more annoyed with and think less of. Okay, so. my, one thing that bothered me is, okay, so you got the flu game, right? Yeah. That's the food poisoning thing? You uh-huh. couldn't just... Can you just leave it alone? Can you just leave that? You really... I mean, I don't really necessarily believe in a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. Yeah. But you going to tell me that five guys showed up yeah. at his door? No way in hell does that happen. Do you believe that story, by the way? Hell no, I have don't ever, believe that ever, story. Have you ever heard the rumor about it? What rumor? The rumor. Which is, one? The rumor is that he was hung over. The rumor is that he was up all night playing cards, drinking, and kicking. Dan Patrick was there because he covered all these Bulls championships. He's like, Jordan was sick. He was gray when he got to when yeah. he got to the state. I have no doubt that he was sick. Yeah. I'm not saying he faked being sick. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is the rumor is is that he was up all night playing cards in Utah, drinking and kicking it with his homies, and then got sick, like super sick. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something he ate. Whatever, whatever. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that, we'll that's, never know. That, that's the rumor is that that's what happened. And then it's called he he basically had he had the flu because he was so sick, but he didn't get it from no damn pizza. Well, you, don't, you don't get the flu from drinking. What I'm saying is he had a stomach virus. Mm-hmm. He was super sick. Yeah. I mean, just like someone just, you know, going to a Packers ev- game. Everybody and being stupid ev- over the, the flu. Leave it alone. I, I just don't get why we got to dive into that. OK, yeah, you were sick. And and it was it was great. It lived in lore. Why 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 you gotta? Why, I just don't. I didn't get that. Let's change the whole narrative. For what purpose? It's food poison. Playing with food, supposed food poisoning. Yeah. Worse than playing with the flu. I mean, I, I, but that's not my point. My point is, I don't. I still don't think that was the one hundred percent story. But that's. Oh, I don't my, think. I mean, the rumor. And then they also said, well, the guy delivered. The, everybody was like, the the normal question everyone asked is. 
if they delivered an entire pizza, how come no one else ate any? And this is the other part they left out. Well, Jordan was notorious. He's a, he's a, no, see, I, he's a jerk. You, they say, you, they say you, spit all over his food. Yeah, Dan Patrick had the direct run. He's yeah. like, those guys, his his crew, had all eaten. Jordan didn't get to So when he ordered, when he ordered that pizza, he's like, y'all ain't eating this. And he spit on it. Yeah. Like, that's how that happens. Also. When you're an athlete like Michael Jordan, you can probably devour a whole damn pizza. I'm not hating on that. I'm sure. So I mean, it's just I just don't, I do not believe five guys showed Michael Jordan's room delivering pizza because no way does that pizza guy get past the front desk. I agree. And, I agree. His, and that for his that story doesn't make any sense. And for his trainer to say there were five guys there and he personally paid that guy. Bullshit. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. That, I mean, that's they 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 all got together. Collaborated that story. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it. That's and the best that, they and come that's up the with. That's the story. That's the story. That's just that. No, I don't. Because know. here's here's the, on, the, on the flip side of this, they're like, oh well, he, we weren't in Utah. We weren't in Salt Lake. We're up in the mountains. Well, you couldn't have sent a guy. Well, see, Park City. That's the thing. And they, they said they said Park City's like thirty five minutes, forty minutes away from from uh, from Salt Lake. So <laughs> they call they like no small town Park City whatever. Apparently, they don't have a pizza hut or something, whatever. So, they, the story is they call the guy and say, hey, this is for Michael Jordan. So, that's why they delivered it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think that's true. Something I just, this, I mean, it's all fishy. Doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, I, and, but once again, I don't know why you had to even bring that up. I mean, it has to be brought up because, honestly, because that that's a huge part of his legacy. Then leave it the flu game. Then leave it alone. Why you got to change the story now? It's been 20-some years. Yeah. Leave it alone. God. I didn't understand it. I yeah. don't know why that bothers me so much, but it's just stupid. You know what made me it's mad about stupid. that part was I was, you know, I was reading all... ESPN had these really good sto- side, like, articles that were coming out, mm-hmm. you know, with The Last Dance. And there was one that I was like, man, how come they didn't talk about that? So the flu game... <laughs> is in Utah, you know, obviously the Bulls come there all the time, you know, throughout the years. And there was a ball boy there who always made sure Jordan had like applesauce and whatever snacks he likes, because I guess he like applesauce play. And uh, he goes and gets this dude. Um, so he goes, so Jordan shows up that day, super sick. Kids in the room, you know, when he gets there and he has applesauce ready for Mike. And Mike's like, you know, thanks or whatever, really liked the kid. And he was like, uh, he said, uh, Jordan said, anything I can do for you, basically. And he was like, uh, he said, or he just blurted out. Jordan didn't ask him. He just, Mike, anyway, I can get your shoes. So Jordan goes and plays the flu game, mm-hmm. comes back. He's getting an IV, right? And there, his shoes are sitting next to him. And they get ready. Somebody gets ready to take him. He's like, no, nah, I'm doing something with those. Actually gives his shoes to this kid. Like, hey, kid, you earned them. Like, you always mm-hmm. do a good job. Gave the kid the shoes. Like, five years ago. This grown man in Utah who's a businessman sold the shoes, and it was that kid. So, I mean, tell that story. Like, tell that story with it. Like, why does it all have to be glory, glory, glory Jordan? Like, it was, I just, it, it just became, to me, it became, like, really self-serving. Um, you know, that that's all I'm saying. Like, the Real Bulls documentary probably won't come out for another 20 years. There's, there's plenty of other stuff to talk about with Jordan that didn't get in there. I mean, for instance, in the 1992 NBA Finals, like, I knew this because I grew up watching Michael Jordan every time. Um, in Game 6 in Chicago, Jordan had a horrible first half. 
and they were down by 18 points in the third quarter. And then Scottie Pippen and Steve Hansen and all the backups. Jordan sat on the bench. He had to sit on the bench for the third quarter because he, he's just off. And he was pressing. Phil put the second unit in with Scotty. They worked the ball around to cut the deficit to like five. Jordan comes back in the fourth quarter, goes off. They end up winning the game. Talk about that. Talk about how you had to trust your teammates. Where's that part? Like, it's you, – you just There was some of that, but why didn't they bring that one up, though? You see what I'm, And yeah. that's a big one. Like, that was a big one. So, it just – Stuff like that, and then him not being able to give Gary Payton credit for playing defense yeah. on him. I mean, come on, man. And Gary like, Payton's You know what? I was shocked. Shocked. Jordan didn't just come, didn't scoff and laugh in the face of Reggie Miller. Yeah. He didn't do it. I figured he's just going to be like everyone else. Get that belly laugh going. You yeah. Know? Like, I ain't got no problem with Reggie Miller. It's like, you know who I am? He hated playing Reggie Miller. I'm that, sure That's legit. He said it was like playing a... He said it was like being grabbed by like a woman or a chicken. He was like, I'm just always trying to push this dude off me. So, dude, that one play, though, when Reggie Miller pushed off of him, that is still, like, I can remember being like 12 or 13 years old and erupting that they did not call that foul. I was so pissed, like, just screaming at the TV, like, it's a foul! It's a foul! Like, I mean, he blatantly pushed off of him. I give him props for hitting the shot because it was super clutch. And then I was, it was really sucked as a Bulls fan back in the day because then Jordan, I mean, almost made that three. Like, I thought it was Had going the double in. clutch. Double and, clutch. And, I mean, we're talking millimeters. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. man. Still but see, that's my, one of my favorite parts of the whole deal. Reggie hits that shot. He's over there dancing all that stuff. And here's Larry Bird, Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. He's like, there's a second left. They got Michael Jordan. I was like, I ain't celebrating shit. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. Cause, I, and they I, even panned to him. They're like, look at, look at Larry. Larry's just like, mm-mm. Larry Bird's the man, man. Uh, the, inter- the, the interesting thing about that, too, was with the game six against Utah, you know, obviously Jordan makes the steal on Carl, then goes down and scores, you know, on Byron Russell. One of the, the interesting fan theories, there's a couple. So first is if the Bulls do lose game six, I don't know if they had enough in the tank to win game seven. Like they were in empty mode in game six. And if John Stockton hits, hits that three, right? Mm-hmm to win that game, there's a high probability that they lose game seven in Utah. That would have been a tough, tough situation, having lost a heartbreaking game six to come back and somehow pull out game seven. And Utah was, I mean, Utah was on them. So I, part of me does think, man, that it would have been, I think Utah might have got them in game seven. It, it would have been interesting because Scotty's back was all messed up. It, it just, it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been ideal. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Jordan was fighting his, the, fighting the his ass off. The Bulls played great game. defense in that series because Utah was, I think, first or second in the league that year with averaging 101 points and they were scored more than 90 in the entire series. I mean, the Bulls played they when the when the Celtics of like 08, 07, that Kevin Garnett era, mm-hmm. when they came back around, they were like, this is the most defensive oriented team since the, the the 90s Bulls. So they were notorious for doing it on defensive end. Um, between Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan, I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive defensive bunch. Um, the other thing is, the you know, the theory is, you know, if they had come back, if they had brought them all back for one more year, now I – if so let's say they win 98 like they did, right? Mm-hmm. You bring them all back for the lockout year. I do think they win in 99. I don't think there, that – There's a good chance. I, I, mean, I mean, having it, a shortened season – Helps That's an what I'm older saying. team. It right helps there. an older team. They were, had all already been together forever. 
Um, if Jordan doesn't, he cuts his finger off, you know, screwing around with a cigar cutter, uh, mid, like during that lockout and then retires anyway. So, but he was, he said, and I don't know if I believe this, he was like, oh, I wouldn't have been doing that if I didn't know I was going to play. I knew I was going to retire. So let's just say that doesn't happen. I mean, and they bring that team back. It would have been interesting <laughs> because you would have been facing a super young, hungry Tim Duncan and a veteran David Robinson in the finals. Because I, I think that Spurs team gets there no matter what. I think the Bulls would have went through the East. I think they would have beat the Knicks somehow went to the finals that year. Um, that would have been an interesting series. Seriously, mm-hmm. like that, that, that would have made it interesting to see, to see if they could have beat that young Spurs team. I don't know, man. They, the, the thing about the Bulls was they struggled against centers. They, they typically struggled against good centers, pretty good post players. Well, they never had a dominant center. They never had a dominant center, and they never, in the finals at least, they never played a dominant center. Um, they had to get through Ewing all the time, but David Robinson was a little better than, the, than Patrick Ewing in my book, at least at that time because he was way more athletic, and you would have had Tim, yeah, Tim Duncan uh, getting guarded by Dennis Rodman. So once Rodman's taken over here, now you've got David Robinson on Luke Longley. Hmm. Like, that's that's not a good matchup. For yeah, he would have got whooped. So anyway, that's just I, that would have been interesting to see. It, it kind of sucks you didn't get to see it. I mean, but. exactly. That's the thing. But maybe I, I think I think uh, I think Phil, Phil was obviously done because I. I, mean, I, I think I, he, I think he knew. It was time to go. Well, I think that too, but I also think Phil just got tired of getting jerked around. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it shouldn't be a power struggle. And this is where, you know, they tried to hate on Kraus, 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 Kraus the first three episodes. But really, it's Reinsdorf. Like, really, Reinsdorf chooses not to pay them. If if you tell your GM you have to go pay them, he will do it. Like, he, you're his boss. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. I mean... Kraus is just doing what Reinsdorf was telling him to do. And Reinsdorf even said in that deal, he's like, well, the team was getting older. We really felt like the players were on the downside and the money they were going to command, you know, we didn't want to pay it. Mm. Like, it, it's as simple as that. Plus, he knew he had pissed Scottie Pippen off for four years in a row. And Pippen was never the same. Uh, after, was he ever the same? He after, wasn't after the he same, was- but he was still... He had two or three more years where he was really And Dennis good. Rodman played like 20 games after he left the Bulls and was yeah, done. Yeah, he was so, done. Rodman, Rodman was mentally, without Phil, he was done. Yeah, that, 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 wheel, was, that wheel had been wobbly, and then it finally fell yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, he goes to the Lakers after that, from what I remember. Plays with Kobe and Shaq for a second, but he was a mess. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to Dallas on the last ditch, but I don't even think he really got to play with them. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was – I mean, he kind of flamed out. It might have not worked, but it would have been interesting to see it if, if it would have worked out. But uh, anyway, what were we gonna say about what we got as far as uh, new player ratings? Oh, yeah, just going through characters. Do you feel the same, or do you like them more the same or less? Okay, what you got? Okay, well, well we're gonna we're just players. We'll go through everybody. Okay. Okay. So now, since the whole deal is over. Okay. Okay. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, like as a basketball like like purist and person who wa- like really watched basketball like that, like he's Isaiah Thomas sacrificed his own stats for him to get the kind of to do what he had to do with his team in order to win. So I respect the fact that that he won a you know gritty style of basketball. I still think they were mm, they were 
It's pretty because those guys, those guys beat the mess out of people. So I mean, I don't think it was always right. That's what pissed me off about them trying to say, you know, the Celtics walked off the floor too. Well, the Celtics only walked off the floor because Bill Laimbeer clotheslined Larry Bird on a layup, like on a putback. I mean, he just put his arm around his throat and like drug him down, and then Bird came up swinging. So Bird didn't. It wasn't that they didn't want to pass the torch. It's because you guys were a holes, and they were pissed, and they stormed off the court that that they had to lose to you because you were like you guys were a holes. So. Uh, anyway, so I guess my overall opinion of Isaiah Thomas, it's it's kind of the same. Like, I really didn't – I thought he was a great, great player who sacrificed his individual numbers. Like, his overall numbers are only, like, 15 points a game, like, seven or eight assists. Honestly, you know, Isaiah Thomas was a lot closer to, like, a Kyrie Irving if he would have – if he would have been trying to get that. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyrie Irving doesn't work the ball the way Isaiah Thomas had to because Isaiah Thomas figured out the way to win. Mm-hmm. So – He's a great, great player. One of the top five, probably, point guards of all time. Top oh, five. I, yeah. Top five. Oh, yeah. Top five. Um, but, uh, so I, I don't think he had more or less of him. I always thought he was kind of a jerk. Uh, that dude is Chicago through and through, well, as far as mm. being hood and being from Chicago. He's shysty. He's got a shysty smile. He's always been that way. Mm. So I, I felt the same way going in as I did. Going in. Yeah, see, uh, to me, he's kind of like a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, listen. You were an, you were you you were an asshole then. Mm-hmm. Don't own it now, okay? Yeah. Don't don't Lambeer and them the, those guys, Mahorn. They own it. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Jordan was a big part of keeping you off the dream team, Isaiah. He wasn't the only one. You're not gonna sit here and tell me he was the only one. He had beef with Magic by then. Yeah. Charles Barkley didn't care for him. Here's the deal. This. It was a. The United States went over there on a vacation. They knew they were going to win. Yeah. Their practices were way tougher than any game they were going to play. Okay? So when you go on a trip, you want people who get along, right? Yeah. Well, if half the team Hates doesn't like job. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. then he ain't coming. And everyone's like, well, his coach was... No. Hey, he left. And Chuck, Doug- Chuck yeah. Daly wasn't like that, man. Yeah. Chuck Daly was like, hey, I want to... I'm going to get the coach's dream team. Like, if Isaiah gets come, that's cool. But he shouldn't be held back because Isaiah and, was an idiot. And, like, and and he wasn't even the Pistons coach anymore. So, that... He is... He used this to try to make people feel sorry for him. Yeah. And that's just... I'm sorry. No. Well, you know what, what the funny thing about Isaiah, too, is that... Like, just like, you know, we praise Jordan for saying there's a sacrifice for winning. And I've heard Kobe say that, too. You know, there's a sacrifice that comes with winning. Well, the sacrifice for Isaiah Thomas was you're not always going to be liked. Yeah. Like, you come up with this. You you have to play this bruising, like, ultra-physical, like, borderline, like, like beating people up style of basketball. You're not going to make any friends. Mm-mm. Like, people aren't always going to walk away and be like, hey, yeah, that was cool. Uh, you want to come play with me? Like, come play basketball with me later? Like, it doesn't always <laughs> work like that. Like, so that's – so you got your two championships. You got a finals MVP. You're one of the top 50 players of all time. Th- then that's that's what you wanted. That's what you got. Sometimes that's sacrifice. You, you got to own it. I mean, you do. And, he, and, he, do. and he didn't own it, and I'm sorry. And you lost But like Horace said, straight up bitch move. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. You got to own that. Yeah. All right, who else? <clears throat> Oh, you kind of you kind of talked about him a little bit earlier. Yeah, and it didn't get covered a lot. But I'm just curious on your opinion of Reggie Miller. 
Oh man, I don't think it changed much because you didn't you didn't get to, you didn't see a whole lot of Reggie in this documentary. Yeah, I not, mean, even, not even documentary uh, in this series. I mean, I personally grew up watching Reggie Miller play and hated him. Hmm. So it. But it wasn't like a hate. I mean, it, it was a respectful hate. Like it was the fact that if you gave Reggie a chance to win a game, he could do it. So he was he was one of the only other like players of that era that was as as clutch as Jordan was. Like like if the ball was in his hands, you really he could really do it. Like and he could shoot from anywhere. So it wasn't like I mean he was he was he was like that. So I it was a respectful dislike. Uh, I actually liked him a little more after this was over, to be honest with you. Mainly because, I, you know, we were listening to that Dan Patrick interview where he was, he basically talked about what it would have meant to him, for him to beat Jordan. You know, where Barkley comes out and says, you know, I had no problem losing to Jordan because he's the greatest in the world. Like, absolutely not. Like, it, like, I was glad to hear Reggie Miller say, you know, I still hate the fact that we couldn't beat him. Like, I hate it. Like, if I saw him today, I'd want to punch him in the face. And it's not because we're not, like, they're friends. They're mm-hmm. friendly. But he's just saying, like, when you start talking about the, that era and playing against him, he's like, you know, forget him. And I, I, I respect that. And I, just like we're talking about Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. I would rather Isaiah Thomas be honest in his defiance. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like Reggie Miller was. Like, he was stand-up about it. He's like, yeah, I talked a lot of trash to a lot of people. I'm sure I got underneath a lot of people's skin. You know, and he explained to you the whole dynamic. He's like, you know, for a long time, their fans were coming. Chicago's not that far from Indiana. So their fans couldn't afford seats there. They're coming and filling up our place. He's like, and we weren't good enough to get all our people there, so it bothered him. Like, that's nothing wrong with that, man. No. I respect it and like Reggie Miller a little more after that, honestly. So that's how I I, felt about it. I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I don't have a lot to add to that because, yeah, that was – anyway – Sorry, now we're gonna, get, we're gonna get some Bulls players. Now. Okay, here you go. Horace Grant. <sighs> I had heard that Horace was the snitch earlier, but Jordan, it, that was always Jordan being pissed at him. Um, Jordan also, what they really didn't get into too much, and this kind of was annoying for him to call him a snitch and then them not get into this part. Like Jordan was super hard on Horace Grant. Like he wasn't. He was. You know, Pippen, he really liked and respected. He felt like Pippen was pretty close to his level as far as... Well, he the, gave Pippen the best, the greatest compliment of the whole series. Yeah. Like, if you when you talk Michael Jordan, you better talk Scottie Pippen. I never won with Addy. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Like, him and Pippen, like, he, he gave Pippen props. He still didn't really give Horace Grant props. And Horace Grant was Dennis Rodman without being crazy. Like, he was solid. Like, he would guard... He was the one guarding Charles Barkley. He was the one guarding, you know, Buck Williams and all these other low post presents that that were in there in the early run. He had the he had all that duty. Like that was that was the real deal. So I really didn't feel like he gave Horse that much credit and I felt like I mean Horse was an important piece to that team. He got more points than Dennis Rodman did. So they got maybe not 22 rebounds like they did with Dennis Rodman, but you got 15. You got 15 rebounds, and you usually could count on Horace Grant for 10 to 15 points. They had to get Tony Kukoc to fill his point his point spot. So I, I felt like he was kind of disrespected through the whole thing, man. That, that's just my personal opinion. I grew up watching Horace Grant. Uh, he was he was better than Jordan giving credit for. Okay. What do you think? I agree with you, t- again. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just Jordan, besides for Pippen, you know, I mean, he, he, I mean and he gave – 
Rodman some compliments too, but it, Pippen seemed to be the only guy even close to his stratosphere yeah. in Jordan's mind. And I just, mm, I don't agree with it, but, you know, I well, mean. Okay, but see, that that's where he contradicts himself. Because, mm-hmm. like, in one line, he'll sit there and say, well, you know, uh, I wanted to get those guys, you know, I wanted them to be a part of the winning. And sometimes if that means I have to ride them really hard to get them there, well, no, you needed them to be a part of the winning. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, like so if, if you wanted them to, you would at least show appreciation right now. Um, that's one if thing. If he didn't need them, see ya. Yeah. He went and found somebody else. He did. And he would tell the team to get rid of him. I mean, same thing with Kobe. Like, Kobe was very similar in the fact that Kobe would – Kobe would ride teammates unapologetically. The thing about Kobe, though, that I saw a lot more was I, I would see Kobe show gratification, like, mm-hmm. later on. Like, if, you know, like him riding Paul Gasol and talking about how soft he was, and then Paul steps up huge in Game 7 of 2010, and he comes back and says, I did not, you know, Kobe says, I didn't play a great game. The Spaniard really picked me up. Like, seriously. He's like, you know, we would not have been able to do this without him. You know, he starts talking. And so you would... I just feel like there was more, you know, appreciation, like, from, mm-hmm. from a Kobe or, or stuff like that than I don't think Jordan. You think he learned from yeah. watching Jordan? I mean, maybe. I also think Kobe just. Because Kobe as, had to have heard about this crap. I mean, I don't think Kobe. I think Kobe is was similar most of his career. Mm-hmm. But I just think that when it came to, like, reflecting on it and mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm going to give credit to this. Kobe was better at being able to do that in in hindsight, I guess. Okay. I feel like I feel like Jordan's like the old dude who is always telling you how great he was. The and older it, he gets, and, the greater he is. Yeah, and the older yeah. he gets, the greater he is. The older he gets, the more stubborn he is. Mm-hmm. The less he gives credit to anybody, the more angry he gets at, at people trying to compare to him. Like he used to anyway, that's just, that's I feel my like opinion. he was stuck in eighty-four to uh, until they like got past the Pistons and all this losing and he carrying everything and he never got out of it. Yeah. And he could have if he had been better at reflecting on mm-hmm. things. So I agree with you on that. All right, well, what else you got? What are you talking about there? Uh, that was just uh, that was <laughs> it. Wasn't Horse Grant? It was the other one. We, we were talking about. Uh... No, it was. Okay, here you go. Well, it had to been horse. Yeah. Who else you got? Scotty Pippen. I mean, I already thought pretty highly of Scotty Pippen. Um, I've gone back and forth a little bit because I, I always wonder as a facilitator, like kind of a facilitator first who can take over a game. He's, he's real similar to LeBron in that way, except LeBron's a better scorer um, and he's a freight train. But you know, defensively, they're pretty similar. You know, Scotty can guard, could guard, you know, positions one through four. Um, I always wonder what Scotty would have been like in his prime on a different team. I think he would have been great. I just don't know if he would have been, I don't, I don't know if he's an alpha. Mm-hmm. Like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to me, he's a lot more, he, he's just not quite an alpha. So he would have needed somebody to be that alpha at some point. And that that's the only thing about him. I think he's still top 25 player of all time. Great player. So your opinion hasn't changed? Not really. No, no. Mine's went down for one reason. Oh, man. So you, 
this is it. This is the only reason. I know why. Okay, oh yeah, because he sat out of that game. Yeah. And said he he's like, I wish it never happened, but I do it again. Yeah, you that, can't that say is that. not. You, you, you got to. I mean, listen. It's a team game. That is absolutely. Yeah, I, I I agree, and and the main thing I can't get past it. And you know what the main thing that's really screwed up about that is is that it's it's bad enough he sat out the game, or I mean the part that really pissed me off about him sitting out that game in hindsight is the fact that when he first talks about that year of '94, he, he says, you know, we had a great time, we won, we won by committee, like we worked the ball around, you know, there was no one player that was bigger than the team. Well. You said that at the beginning, like, and there's, you know, you had, you led the team in just about every category, especially assists, because you were you were working the ball around. So it shouldn't have been this huge thing for you to not take this shot if Tony Kukoc is a better shooter than you. Yeah, you he's done it three or four times. I mean, that you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if he contradicted, it, it, I mean, he he caught once the moment hit, he got pissed and and got in his feelings. But really, he had been he had been grooming the team to be that way all year, so he should have been supportive of it. It's, I mean, I get it. But Jordan, the difference between him and Jordan is Jordan would never have groomed the team that way. Uh-huh. Like, so that's I think that's why it fell apart for him, is that everybody felt like he was the ultimate team player, and then in the ultimate team moment, you let everybody down. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Like you because you want to be selfish. And if he had learned from that, and yeah. I mean, I give him, I, I I I'm glad he was honest about it. Yeah, but the fact that you say that and you still feel that way, can't get past that. Not in a team sport. Sorry, I, I understand, can't man. It's the only I, knock. The only reason I got, I'm just like, man, that's. I I, I uh, understand, and I, I mean, and especially even like I said, he's not he's not an apex, you know, he's not an alpha type player. Uh-huh. So it really that didn't suit his personality anyway. He was just in his uh-huh. feelings. But it sounds like honestly, like he kind of has that tendency anyway, right? Uh-huh. Like when you're watching it and listening to him talk, you kind of get the sense that Scotty's a an emotional type dude that way. So I mean, it's cool. I, I mean, I still respect him as a player. I just, but I. Oh, so do I. But I, I agree. He that that hurts his legacy for sure. I mean, that's the. I mean, for it, sure. Just, mm, the whole and even the putting off the surgery so you can have a a good summer. That's not great either. I could get past that, in a way. But. Like we discussed at the time, what if Coop Coach misses? Yeah. And we go to overtime. Yeah. Scotty coming back in. Is he coming back in then? Yeah. And what if Coop Coach, I, I mean, on the flip side, what if Coop Coach didn't get open and the ball comes to you? Like, nobody else knows that play is supposed to be for Coop Coach. Yeah. Like, what they know now is that you sat on the bench, you know what I'm saying? Like, at a temper tantrum. So I, I mean I totally agree, man. It, that was that's that's a rough spot. It is very. And he, I mean, he tricked that off, and I think that hurt the team next year too. When they talk about how they were kind of floundering, you know, they were really looking at probably breaking him up. I mean, breaking, you know, sending Scotty somewhere else, doing whatever at that point until Jordan gets ready to come back. And I think that carried over for them into the next season. Side note, which kind of pissed me off, um, that they didn't bring this up either. That team wasn't that far from beating the Knicks. Like, they went to seven games, but the critical game was, like, game five or six where Hubert Davis of the Knicks is taking a three with, like, five seconds left. The Bulls have a one-point lead. And he shoots a three, and Scotty runs out to close out on him, and he, like, totally flops. Like, it's a horrible flop. Like, falls backwards, like, 
classic Manu Ginobili type flop. Like, not even that good of a flop because he didn't sell it, like, facial expression-wise like Ginobili does. You know, Ginobili used to sell it like a soccer player. But, I mean, Hubert Davis just falls backwards. I'm just saying. Hubert Davis falls backwards. They call a foul. Hubert Davis is a really good three-point shooter, makes all his free throws. Knicks win the game. That's how they end. That was the critical game for them to win the series. And so it kind of – it just felt like anything that was going to show – success away from Jordan was not included. Mm. And that's what really annoyed me mm. was I was like, unless Jordan was associated with it or he was the facilitator of it, we don't need to talk about it. Okay. And, and so it was, that was my biggest disappointment with the whole thing anyway. Sorry. Side rant. Mm-hmm. But anyway, who else? So, okay. Jerry Krause. I mean, I think Jerry Krause was an idiot for running his mouth like that, but I, I honestly... Jerry Krause put that team together. Mm-hmm. Like, he still scouted the pieces that fit all the time. Like, Jordan didn't sign those people. Um, I mean, it didn't it didn't work out that way. Like, you know, he, he found Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a central Arkansas player that he found and traded for. He made an incredible draft night trade, you know, to get him and then still get Horace Grant with, like, the 15th pick. He traded up to get Scotty and got like the seventh pick or something, and then ended up getting him on the other side. So it's it's a it's a genius move that they really didn't highlight the super genius of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, then all the little side pieces he was always picking up here and there. I mean, Jerry Krause deserves a lot more credit than they gave him. So he was more villainized than he should have been. Absolutely, okay. the villain the villain should have been Reinsdorf. Like Reinsdorf. So we'll go with Reinsdorf now. So now that's obviously. I thought less of Reinsdorf. Yeah. I thought less of Reinsdorf. Like he. He's the one signing the checks. He's the mm-hmm. one telling Krause who he can sign mm-hmm. and who he's not willing to pay. And if he put a check in front of, you know, Scotty Pippen and said, this is what I'll give you, but it's a seven-year contract, I don't think you should take it, then you should have worked out a system to give him some bonuses and keep him cool. And he didn't He, he didn't want to do that. It's mm-hmm. a business to him, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I thought less of Reinsdorf, even though they worked not worked to try to not make you think less of him. Okay. Two more. Okay, we got Phil Jackson. My opinion of Phil Jackson, fact Jackson. Jack, I don't know why you struggle with that. I don't know, man. My opinion of Samuel L. Jackson is, uh, <laughs> I think Phil. <laughs> I think Phil. Honestly, I used to think I, that Red Auerbach was the greatest coach of all time, and I thought that until Phil, like, till the second, you know, back-to-back championships with Kobe. So up until he had those last two. I would argue vehemently that Auerbach had the tougher job because he was the GM back then, too. Mm. And he was basically the owner, and he was putting that team together with, with Russell and all these pieces. But in hindsight, and seeing, you know, I, I had heard rumors of what Phil had to, did with the Lakers and how he kept these Kobe and Shaq basically warring at each other behind the scenes. And, and he was the one, you know, keeping these guys halfway cool to win these championships. I mean, it's incredible. And that's what made me mad about them not talking about his post-Bulls career because it's it proves how great a coach he really was. You know, Jordan doesn't want you to think he was as good a coach without him. He was a great coach aside from him. He, he has a gift of being able to deal with personalities and, and get people to buy in and then knowing when to ride on people. He was a great coach. I, I, I thought more of him after hearing the way he had to deal with, like, uh, you know, just the way he was dealing with all the personalities, especially Dennis Rodman. 
I mean, that was incredible. Like, he, he Jedi... He says he needs a vacation. He Jedi mind-tricked that dude. Into, like, I mean, like, constantly. It's incredible. What did you think of Phil? Uh, I think I have more respect for Phil because you're hearing all this stuff that went on. The whole vacation thing with Dennis Rodman and how Phil grew up in Montana and all this Indian reservation stuff. And him and Rodman had that in common. No. Who has that in common? Yeah. Phil's crazy. I mean, like, but, but, but Phil was... A master in like psychology with these, with all of his players, and like we said earlier, just because you have great players doesn't mean you're not a great coach. Because, like you said, Shaq and Kobe, and then all that crap with the Bulls. Yeah. And what's what's Phil Jackson do? He wins. Yeah, he is the steady hand mm-hmm. that keeps everyone's eyes on the prize, which is so much harder than it sounds. Like you, it seems like, hey, I'm gonna give you Shaq and Kobe, and. And here's a championship down here at the end of this road, and all you gotta do is drive straight to get there. Not that simple. No. I mean, Shaq is over here in L.A. rapping. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. like Kobe is in the gym, maniacal. Doesn't want to pass to anybody. Like, 21 years old, full it, of himself. The thing is, Phil had coached Michael Jordan. There's a lot of similarities there. There is. There so is. I, you know, and it's, and he never had a, a dominant center like Shaq in Chicago. Yeah. But. When you got you got like two alphas on this team. That's one thing the Bulls never had. Yeah, yeah. So it, <laughs> he's great. Yeah, he is. He, man. He's great. It, he is like and and so I, I walked away from it. I mean, I already that second set of championships with Kobe cemented his place as the greatest coach in NBA history to me. Uh, I mean, that's eleven championships plus two more as a player. Uh, I mean, he, he's to me, he's the greatest coach of all time. And also, Kraus brought him to the Bulls, too. Great move by Kraus once mm-hmm. again. And he plucked that dude out of the CBA playing in – he's playing in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doug Collins was an immensely popular coach. So you oh, got, well, you, Jordan loved him. So you have to give Kraus even more credit because mm-hmm. who else would stand up to Michael Jordan and say, I don't I don't really care if you, well, like, if you some, like this coach. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to pick Jordan a guy. Jordan's picking on him forever, so, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Some of them like, might have just been spiteful. But maybe it still was. a great move. It's a great still move, a- and it, it. I mean, he basically set that dude on that course. Mm-hmm. So finally, we, you kind of touched on it earlier, but his airness. <laughs> I mean, I think I've said enough. Uh, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, I, you know. So your greatest- feelings is this, your feeling is the same. No, it's worse. Oh, okay. It's worse. A, a greatest player, I do think that, you know, Jordan benefited from not playing other super serious alphas in his prime. So from 91 through 98, the only super serious alpha he plays is Magic, and Magic's at the end of his career. Mm. He Clyde Drexler wasn't the kind of alpha Jordan. No, no, wasn't on that level, you know. Charles Barkley, the way that he basically tells you he was okay with losing, Michael Jordan would never tell you that. Mm-hmm. That's not the same level. Like Magic, Bird, you know, those guys hated losing. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's different. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always curious to know what Jordan would have done in a different era. I think if he had had his Bulls teams in the 80s, I think he only gets like three titles, personally. I, I don't think he gets six. I think he would have ran into, you know, a prime Bird who's as motivated and pissed as he is. A prime magic, you know what I'm saying, who's working the refs and pissed off all the time too, he would have gotten beat on a more regular basis. I don't give a damn what that team would have been. Like, seriously. Plus, he never had a dominant center. So, 
if he'd have been had to go against Kareem or Parrish in their prime, he'd have been they'd have been in some trouble. Mm-hmm. Like it it they'd have got beat a couple times. Um, so I thought the same of him as a player. I still think overall, I mean, Wilt is up there, great players of all time. I still think Michael's, you know, above them, so to speak. But as a person, <laughs> knowing the kind of control he exhibited on this this whole series and being able to say what was what and then listening to the way that he was talking about stuff, I, I, I thought even less of him as a person. I mean, we talked about this extensively. Fifteen years ago, Brett Favre almost destroyed the Green Bay Packers fan base by forcing them to pick. And, you know... I don't think we ever we and, ever agreed on that. And it's and it's similar. Like I mean, what I mean by similar is, you know, I you have this hope, you know, this idea of these, you know, idols or heroes or whatever. And you know, I remember 15 years ago realizing that Jordan was not the image that he projected. Mm-hmm. And so this just continued to make that tumble for me. Mm-hmm. Like he says a lot in the documentary without actually giving you anything about him or anything that's really personal. Like it's just basketball. What are your thoughts? You either die a hero or live long enough. Oh to see my to gosh! A Thank you, Dark Knight. Whatever. Does that not does that not fit here? Because Michael Jordan, as a person, I don't know how you'd like him more after watching this. Because he didn't give out due respect to guys, some guys I felt like he like he should have. Gary Payton being a prime example. Uh, this was all swayed in his favor. It's all. It was almost. It's not quite political propaganda. Yeah. But it's on. You see the parallels there. Yeah. <laughs> he. I still think as a player, nothing's changed. He's he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. You know. You know I. And I also think it helps when you've you've seen him play. I think that helps uh, everyone's perspective, um, or it, pers- or it uh, persuades you in a way. Yeah. But he, <sighs> yeah, he was not the the clean image that uh, he made all the money off of. It's like you want to you want to be like Mike. You don't want to be Mike. Yeah. That's true. I mean, and it wasn't, I understand, you know, as far as image goes, you know, we were talking about him not being an activist, you know, for Jordan, I think as, as a black man, he was, you know, there's always the fear that you could lose that. Like Mm. you could lose your endorsements. You could lose it all in an instant if something goes wrong. So he had this polished image that he honed and, you know, he didn't. You know, he didn't deviate from it. You know, he, I'm a basketball player. This is what I do. I'm not going to mess this up. Like, this is this is what I'm here for. So, I mean, I, I understand that to an extent. Um, but I also think that at a certain point, like, it, it has to be about more than that. And for me, this is the one area that LeBron destroys him in. Like, LeBron stands for stuff. Like, when things need to be said about, you know, the league and ownership and, you know, stuff that that is not right. Like, he, he talks about it. Like, he doesn't act like it doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and sometimes, I mean, like with China last year, you know, he's going to stick his foot in his mouth. But at least he was not afraid to say it. Like, do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, 
you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, Trayvon Martin in Miami, they all wore the hoodies. Like, that was a big deal. Like, I mean, and we talk about LeBron. See how much time we got here. I mean, one quick thing about LeBron changing the league. I mean, LeBron wrote his own narrative um, as far as, you know, leaving in his prime to do what he wanted to do. Like, owners have always been in control of players, just like Reinsdorf was technically in control of Jordan. I mean, players didn't leave. They had this sense of loyalty. You know, this is the team I came in with. I want to do it. And I respect that because as a, you know, I'm a fan of a team. Like, I'm a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter where Aaron Rodgers goes in two years. I'm a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't think that way three years ago. But it's okay. Anyway, my point is, is, you know, LeBron took control of his own legacy, mm-hmm. so to speak, and rewrote his own legacy in the way that he wanted to write it. I respect mm-hmm. that. So, you know, there's little things like that. I think I think the guy outside of the court, LeBron has him beat. Okay. Like, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the court, Le- LeBron's not the alpha that Michael Jordan off, was. Off the court, was, was Jordan just happy, fulfilled with what he had? With the great family, Dean Smith, all that. Like, the upbringing he had, he was okay with everything else? Maybe. I mean, maybe. That, that's, that's, I mean, listen to I see, I see what you're saying. You know, it's your own personal decision what you do off the court. Obviously, him being the global figure he was, you, anytime he speaks, a lot of ears. Yeah. People are interested. People are going to listen. But, obviously, he, he, he must have just felt that he didn't need to do that. For whatever reason. Well, for whatever reason. And I mean, and that's, you know, that's honestly, that's, that's his choice. Yeah. Well, but, this is America. It, but, I mean, to me, you can't have it both ways. Like, so, so if he's fine with the image mm-hmm. and the basketball player, mm-hmm. which is, that's what he's fine with, mm-hmm. then, then yeah. that's, then that's what it is. Yeah. Don't, like, co- don't come at this series and. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> So that's that's yeah. that's where I'm at. And see, with it. that's this what ticks me off too is he was worried about how this was going to look on him. It's like you had total control. It can look however you want it to look. Well, and you made sure it didn't look that bad. Mm-mm. I mean, because, I mean, there had to be a little bad in there. So yeah. we'll cover the gambling. I don't care about that. That's fine. I yeah. still gamble today. You gonna tell me he ain't throwing yeah. Benjamins out around on his private golf course? Yeah. 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 yeah it, it, he. It, Ken Burns, I thought, out of the first couple episodes, really like was just trying to jab and spur at this thing, saying it's not a real documentary. Well, he and re- he was right. Well, he was. He, he was. was right. And he reminded us, you know, as some like we we both watch Ken Burns documentaries all the time. Like, and he's that, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, that's he's like that's not what this is, so let's not call yeah. it that. You, you gotta you have want, everything. Yeah, you gotta have everything. I mean, I mean, the the whole the documentary he did on baseball. There's a whole lot of good. There's a whole lot of bad, and you get because you cover it all, because it all happened. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad we finally got that over with because I've been waiting to talk about this last dance for a while. I've been waiting to watch it for a while, so I'm, I'm glad. I mean, it's still something cool to watch. You know, all the nostalgia. Well, um, we needed something. We did. I mean, I'm glad that there was some kind of sports to talk about. But uh, next week, we'll get back to our baseball list, top ten. Uh, second baseman, shortstop, mm-hmm. and hopefully we get some. We got some ironclad dates or plans on when these leagues are going to come back. Yeah, that'd be nice. They all want to. 
That'd be nice. It sounds like it's going to happen. But anyway, uh, be sure to check us out on Spotify, Anchor, anywhere podcasts are found except for Apple. Kaiki, you got anything else? Yeah. All you people out there around here, friends of ours that know. Yeah. Stealing off our idea. <laughs> I want you Greg, I'm surprised Greg didn't bring this up. Yeah, you know who you are. All right. You're welcome. Y'all have a good week. We'll see y'all. <laughs> that was pretty funny, man. I'm surprised you didn't bring it up.